Welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg Tax podcast. We'll sit down with our Hill team to discuss the latest legislative activity dealing with tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone, and we're excited you're here. I'm joined today by Bloomberg Tax Hill reporters Stu Basu and Ali Versprill. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Stu, this week, the Senate Finance Committee will finally hold a confirmation hearing for the nominee to be the IRS commissioner. What do we expect? So this Thursday, which is June 28th, um, Chuck Rettig, or Charles Rettig, who is the commissioner appointee uh, for the IRS, he will go before the Senate Finance Committee and take their questions. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, you know, it uh, given the scheme of things, it's a relatively non-controversial hearing, uh, but we can expect some uh, tough questions from the Democrats, uh, especially uh, the top Democrat on the panel, uh, Senator Ron Wyden. And what can you tell us about Reddick? Who is he? Um, so Reddick has been with this Beverly Hills uh, tax law firm for more than three decades. Um, he has uh, represented clients before the IRS, uh, the, the Department of Justice Tax Division, uh, and state tax authorities. Uh, what can we expect? I had a brief interaction uh, with him uh, during a May conference here in Washington, and you know he's very friendly and personable, and he likes to talk to people. You know, he was talking to IRS officials, trying to find out you know how they worked and stuff. So he is a likable uh, personality, and I expect more more of that at the hearing. And I think it's worth adding, you know, Stu mentioned that this is a relatively non-controversial confirmation hearing when a lot of these have been sort of hotbeds for, uh, you know, debates among, among lawmakers. Uh, I know one thing that we might expect Democrats or, you know, or Republicans even to ask Reddick uh, are con- questions about his management experience. Uh, that's been one of the only things I've heard lawmakers talk about is whether he has the management experience to handle an agency as big as the IRS. Uh, so maybe expect some of that at this confirmation hearing. And, uh, you know, Rettig was uh, nominated by President uh, Donald Trump in February. And um, we heard that the Senate Finance Committee got his paperwork with, uh, you know, all the details in sometime in April. So it's, it's taken a while uh, to get to here. Uh, and, uh, you know, but uh, as I said, this is uh, expected to be relatively smooth. What, and what is the timing for finalizing his nomination? Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a hearing this week, and at some point uh, the Finance Committee will vote on this, followed by a full Senate vote, but I, we are not uh, exactly sure about what kind of timeline we're looking at here. Well, uh, Allison, there has also been um, movement on IRS funding. Um, the Senate is working on a bill. What is the latest? So that's correct. So the Senate Appropriations Committee last week approved uh, legislation that would fund the IRS for fiscal year 2019. So their bill would give the agency $11.26 billion in baseline funding for that year, which is about uh, $350 million million less than what the House has proposed in their bill. Uh, Noticeably, both the House and the Senate and their fiscal year 2019 bills have given the IRS $77 million for implementing the new tax law. That's the full ask uh, from the administration, from the agency. So um, some similarities, obviously some differences in, the, in that b- total baseline funding, but we'll see if they'll be, they're able to work those out. 
Besides the funding differences, are there any other differences between the two versions? So the bills included a lot of similarities, including some restrictions on how the IRS could use its funding. Uh, but noticeably, that was different. The House included a provision in its legislation that would prevent uh, IRS employees, aside from the IRS commissioner, from using the money that they get to revoke the tax-exempt status of churches engaged in political activity. This would really weaken a 1954 rule that prohibits exempt groups from endorsing or opposing political candidates. Uh, this is a provision that was included in the House bill, as I said, not included in the Senate side. It's been highly controversial um, among members of the House. I know during the the hearing, the markups that they had, this was kind of a big talking point, a big point of debate. Uh, so that was the one major thing that I noticed. Are those changes, are those differences something that lawmakers can overcome to actually pass the bill? So I actually spoke to uh, Senator James Langford of Oklahoma, who chairs the Senate Appropriations, Financial Services, and General Government Subcommittee. Uh, that's the subcommittee where this legislation on the Senate side originated. And he didn't seem too concerned that any of these differences were insurmountable. Um, even with that $350 million funding gap, he didn't think that, you know, he didn't seem overly concerned about that and said that the House and Senate should be able to work out those differences before any sort of final legislative package is voted on. Uh, let's pivot to Wayfair. Last week, the um, big Supreme Court decision came down in the Wayfair versus South Dakota case. Uh, Ali, remind us what the decision was. So the Supreme Court, what, what they did was they overturned a prior decision that barred states from collecting sales taxes from out-of-state vendors unless they had a physical presence in the state. Uh, so obviously this is something that really impacts internet retailers especially, uh, and it's something that we'll have to see you know, how this develops uh, moving forward. Has there been any reaction from lawmakers on the Hill? So there has been some. I uh, I spoke to, I was able to speak to Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois last week, and he did tell me after the ruling that he was pleased with the decision. Uh, he did say, though, that he was going to take a look at the opinion over the weekend and try to determine if maybe lawmakers need to step in and write some enabling legislation to clarify any of the points in the decision, make it easy to implement, uh, that sort of thing. What about retailers? Are any of them asking for Congress to act? So e-retailer eBay did, uh, following shortly after the opinion was released, they asked uh, that Congress step in and provide clear tax rules. I think this is kind of a concern for folks, you know, trying to figure out what the new, uh, the new rules are. Um, what else can we expect this week, Stu? There's, um, I understand there's two high-level Republican officials are set to discuss the impact of the tax law. Tell us more about that. So um, tomorrow, which is uh, June uh, 26th, uh, House Ways and Means Chairman Kevin Brady and uh, Kevin Hassett, who is the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors, they're speaking at an event. And what we can expect tomorrow, this event is essentially touted as like the six-month anniversary of the tax bill. And we can expect some cheerleading for the bill and how well it's working. But, you know, between Brady and Hassett, people are also expecting clues on what to expect in the next six months in terms of, you know, is there going to be another tax cut bill and what it will look like. So uh, that's what people will be looking for uh, when Brady and Hassett uh, talks uh, tomorrow. Great. Well, 
thanks very much, both of you. I'd like to thank Ali Brisbrill and Stu Basu for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to our show on iTunes or SoundCloud. Tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day. From the nation's capital, I'm Amanda Icone.